Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. TC Live with you on a Thursday night in Big D. Very much a dealer's choice week for the tour players around the world. If you like an indoor hardcore, we got three of those going this week in Europe and America. If you prefer an outdoor hardcore, just hop a flight to Abu Dhabi. And if you like the dirt, the Golden Swing is up and running in South America. Something for everybody is on offer. Coming up on the show tonight, after four days of waiting, Big Foe launched his Dallas campaign. Would the American teenager hand him a Texas-sized upset? Daniel Collins was a set and a break up on the top seed in Abu Dhabi, but you don't win Wimbledon without learning how to make a comeback, and Elena Rabakina did. And let the healing begin for this former Grand Slam finalist. Another surgery today for the American star. We'll update you on her long road back. All that and more coming up on our program. We welcome you to TC Live on a Thursday night in Southern California with Jimmy Arias and Mark Petchy. I'm Brett Haber. Uh, full disclosure, you probably know this by now. These guys are calling the matches not from Dallas, but from here <laughs> in Southern Cal. But it has given us a chance to get a look at how fast Petchy <laughs> and Arias still are at this age, making the move from the booth to the studio in one short commercial. Arias still has a quick first step. Uh, he's got, he had a good first step there. I, ha- I had to get in front of him because I'm always second best to Jimmy. Always. I wouldn't sit well. I'll never let it happen again where you're in front, but that's okay. <laughs> You've got to draft and take the inside lane. Yeah. By the way, you should have seen me tearing down La Cienega yeah. after Nishioka withdrew from that second match. I got here faster oh, that's right. than you guys did. Uh, let us show you some highlights, shall we? The first match is the last match that we saw just before the show. Big foe with the Thursday start in Dallas. Opening against the teenager Alex Mickelson, who got off to a quick start, Jimmy. Yeah, you were a little worried for Tiafo because he had a poor end to the year last year. Not a great start this year. He's playing a very tricky player who's gotten himself to 70 in the world in an awful hurry. And it was a quick break lead for Mickelson. And he thought, uh-oh, Tiafo's going to continue struggling. But that was the game where he turned everything around. Played a beautiful first point, a great passing shot, got the break back. And then it was all Tiafo. Seemingly knowing any time a drop shot was coming, Tiafa was on it so quickly. Any cat and mouse type of point, it was going to be Francis getting the better of Mickelson in those exchanges. Second set, they each held the first couple of games, but again, Tiafo just too good. Wasn't making any unforced errors, wasn't giving any free points. And after another cat and mouse exchange that goes the wrong way for Mickelson, it's a set and double break, and you think it's all but finished. Mickelson made a match of it, got one of the breaks back, but serving here at 3-5, and he just didn't have enough for Tiafo. Five unforced errors from Francis in the entire match. Here's what he had to say after posting win number one. Alex has a lot of firepower. He got the early break, and you came right back with two of your own in that first set. What did you tell yourself to allow you to rebound so quickly? Yeah, a little bit of a loose game where he broke me. Um, he started to pick up his level. We were kind of feeling each other out in the beginning, and 
um, yeah, once he broke me, I had to really up my level. Um, I wanted to kind of be the aggressor and, and make uh, things on my terms. And then from there, I played really well, I thought. Um, a lot of creativity, and yeah, <laughs> I got a little lucky at times, and um, yeah, it was a great night. It was a great night, albeit a brief night in Dallas for the fans who got that ticket. Uh, Pete Bodo wrote a piece in Tennis.com this week stating that he believes that this is a pivotal year for Francis, that this is going to determine whether he's content being kind of a top 20 guy or if he has larger ambitions. Do you agree with that? I think it's a, very, I think it's a pivotal year. I don't, I don't think that's in doubt. But I think the reality is, for me, is that he definitely wants to be a top 10 guy. He wants to be a top 5 guy. There's not anybody that plays this sport that doesn't want to be absolutely the best at what they can be. And that's obviously where Francis is right now. It's going to be challenging because of, obviously, the other players around him. It's not going to be easy, even if he wants it. It's not necessarily going to be easy for him to make it happen, Jimmy. What's funny is I thought he's gotten better and better when he was with Wayne Ferrer because the biggest thing that he needed was that consistency level, this consistently being great. And he was always a little bit up and down throughout his matches, and you can't go down at all against one of those top five players or you're going to lose the match. He got better at it. I, that's going to be, to me, the question. You see the talent he has when he's fully engaged, five on four stairs. He's not losing to too many players with that. Uh, let me ask you this, Jimmy. As big a deal as you were in Buffalo, New York, did you ever have a Jimmy Arias bobblehead night at a Sabres game? I, I, unfortunately, no. I never did. What do we think Look about at this? this. I, I think that's kind of a big deal, don't you? Yeah, kind of. I think that's amazing. So that's put, awesome. Let's I, push in and see how yeah. – do we like the likeness here? Is it pretty – it's pretty good, other than he doesn't normally play so, for the Wizards. It's, I think it's good. It's a lot better than Leighton's one down in Australia, the statue that came out for him as he went into the Australian Hall of Fame. That's, oh, yeah, uh, I saw that was a bronze bust. That didn't I wasn't happen. sure if it was Pat Rafter or him. 10,000 for yeah. the Wizards game. The only thing is we hope he's not there because it will mean that, that, he lost. that he's lost. It's Marcus true. What's interesting is this, <laughs> this means that he's not just a tennis star. Yeah. He's a star throughout, and that's a little extra pressure yeah. for a guy that's ranked... 15, 16 in the world, you're not supposed to be sort of a star. So that adds a little extra pressure to him in some ways. Well, it does say on the bottom of it, it says, welcome home to Maryland. As a, as a Maryland resident myself, I can tell you what a big deal he is to everybody there and how much we pull for him as one of our hometown guys. And here's a perfect segue for you to another D.C. area guy, Dennis Kudla, who went to the JTCC with Francis all those years ago, taking on the Aussie Jordan Thompson. How was that for a segue? Yeah, that was beautiful. That was as, uh, that was smooth. That was probably something as, as smooth as Dennis would have liked this match to have been, but, but wasn't. wasn't yeah. yeah, he was playing into some serious headwind there. This was uh, this is all Jordan Thompson, and there was seemingly nothing that Dennis could do. There was that lovely mix from the Australian, but it was also just Dennis just didn't look as though he had anything to hurt him with today. It felt a little bit like me getting in the ring with Mike Tyson. You could kind of see what was going to happen very early on. Uh, the only good news is for Dennis that he came out, he was walking, I would have been coming out on my back. I thought you were going to say that, like Tyson, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah, it wasn't even, he didn't even get punched in the face. He kind of got, like, death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. You can see from this, it wasn't really, like, just going out there and, and that happening. And, and it, was, it was a good performance from the Australian. I think Dennis is going to be just disappointed about how ineffective he was. 67 minutes, Thompson won 70% of his second serve points. So here's the draw now in Dallas. As we mentioned, Nishioka had to withdraw tonight. 
So Manorino makes the quarterfinals without playing a match. Four Americans, two Aussies, a Frenchman, and a German in the quarterfinals. Maybe Dirk Nowitzki will come out to cheer for Dominic Kupfer as we head to Marseille, 250 event in the port city there. And Grigor Dimitrov, Jimmy, continuing his brilliant start to the season against the American Sevi Court. Yeah, he said in this first set he could do no wrong. Anything that touched his racket was just where it needed to be. And even returning overheads for winners as he takes the first set quickly, 6-1. He had a 4-2 lead. In the second set, up a break, and that was the one moment in time when Sebi Cordes started showing you what he can do. That two-handed backhand of his, his money, and he, Dimitrov said it took the racket out of his hand for a moment, but he hung in there, forced a second set tie break, and in the tie break, he got back to controlling things. So, Dimitrov, with the win, improves to 8-1 and one on the new year. He would be back up to number 11 in the rankings if he wins this title. That would be pretty cool to see Grigor Dimitrov back on the verge of the top ten. Yeah, and obviously he's working with a British coach, uh, Jamie Delgado and Danny Vavaldu, and they've done an amazing job in turning around. I can tell you when they started working with him, he had a lot of scar tissue from the losses that he had against the big four. He's done well. All right, Abu Dhabi now as the women bring us the former Roland Garros champion, Barbara Krejcikova, who only had to bake half a loaf today against Sarah Saribe's tournament. Yeah, really, it all started here in a couple of games. 2-1, it's been a nice, solid year for Krejcikova so far. Quarterfinal down under, and he's looking fine up a break 3-2, but this is when the match really ended for all intents and purposes, is that drop shot to slip, and Faridez Tormo's hand got torn up. And she got treatment, tried to make a play of it, but really couldn't play from that point on, didn't win another game. Pulled the plug at 6-2, one love down. So unfortunate for Cerebe's Tormo. But Krachikova continuing at this part of the schedule that she obviously loves. She won Dubai last year, beating those four top ten players, including Igish Fiontek, and is off and running again this year. What about the feature match that we were looking forward to in Abu Dhabi, the American Danielle Collins, fourth straight Grand Slam champion in a row as she took on Rabaka. Yeah, it's been tough times, isn't it, Brett, for her in terms of like the quality of opponents. And she, but she's done well, and she was doing well again today. She's got that wonderful ability to take the racket out of a great player's hands, and not too many people do. And I thought for the moment that she was going to get the win. Rabakina has been struggling a little bit. She had that amazing tiebreaker against Blinkova that she lost Rabakina at Australia. And then she sort of had a few injury issues subsequent to that. And it looked as though Daniela Kana built on that confidence and was actually going to run away with it. She was up a set and a break, looking good. This was a mammoth game this sixth game and in fact the next game after this was also huge in terms of keeping the momentum going for Rabakina but after that Collins's unforced error count to winners which is obviously always going to be a huge barometer for her success suddenly tilted the wrong way Rabakina's got better we saw the class that she has and obviously when she gets confident and you give her time on the ball she's going to make you pay she didn't look back after getting that early break and it'll be a bit of a missed opportunity there for Collins if she could have managed to get that sixth game in the second set I think the result would have been different. Eighth win of the year for Rabakina already and Collins better hurry up and pack because she's
got a qualies match in Doha yeah. tomorrow wow. as we show you the quarterfinal draw now in Abu Dhabi. Six of the eight seeds advanced, Jabur and Haddad Maya. That's a rematch from Roland Garros quarterfinals last year. Remember, the Brazilian came back from a set and five all down and beat Jabur. Kazakina and Kirstea have split a couple of meetings. And so, as we welcome you back to TC Live, uh, you know, Arena Sabalenka and Iga Sviantek are the two best players in the world. I think most people agree on that. Rabakina has got to be really close right behind there. If she wants to join them or pass them, what is it that she's got to improve? Because every part of her game looks pretty buttoned up. Not much. She doesn't have much to improve. She's got a huge serve, returns well, hits the ball well from the back of the court. It's just a question of winning those big points. And she was the best player in the world to start the year, first mm -hmm. tournament of the year, where she played remarkably well. you got to add Coco Golf into that list because yeah. I think the one thing that Coco has over everybody else she doesn't have to be playing her absolute best to win because she moves so well that even if she's with the B game, she can start just pushing the forehand in and still beat you. Where Rabakina has to play well to beat you, but she often does. Do you put golf ahead of Rabakina on the uh, pecking order? Uh, no, I put them about the same. Okay. I, honestly, I think Rabakina's got the ability to take the racket and, and certainly target the golf forehand um, very well with the serve. I was actually thinking about Kachikova. This was the time last year, wasn't she, at these tournaments where she said, I'm part of the big four. I want to be part of the big four. Mm -hmm. She fell off a cliff after that. Handling pressure is huge for Rabakina. Obviously, right now that is going to be the next step this is her kind of sophomore season in terms of being part of this massive group that are trying to break free from the Sabalenka and Svantec duopoly all right she gets Christina Buxa of Spain in the quarterfinals tomorrow lots more to get to on our Thursday night TC live including highlights from Argentina there was only one with the rain down there plus tennis channel celebration of black history month continues with a tribute to Olympic gold medalist and WTA star Zena Garrison that and much more when we come back When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the moment she discovered tennis as a 10-year-old in Houston, Zena Garrison was a force to be reckoned with. Her early instruction at the hands of legendary coach John Wilkerson set the tone for the remarkable career that followed. Soon, Garrison rocketed up the sport's upper ranks, and in 1990, she became the first black woman to reach a Grand Slam final since Althea Gibson won consecutive Wimbledon titles in 1957 and 1958. Garrison's prime saw her ascend to the number five worldwide ranking and become the first black woman to reach the Wimbledon final in the open era. She retired in 1996 with 14 singles titles, 20 doubles titles, doubles gold, and singles bronze medals at the 1988 Olympics. Her tennis story returned full circle to Houston, where she followed the example of her first coach, John Wilkerson. The Zena Garrison Tennis Academy provides 45 weeks of free tennis training to Houston kids, along with college preparatory classes, wellness and nutrition lessons, and gardening classes. She's created opportunities for children from all walks of life. And while she was a force on the court, she had an even greater impact beyond it.
Thanks to Taylor Townsend for bringing us that story. Zena played in the same era as some transcendent champions, so we sometimes forget her credentials. Won nearly 600 matches, the Wimbledon final, plus three other slam semis, top five singles and doubles, and Olympic gold medalist. That is a full file of achievement. More Black History Month celebrations continue tomorrow on TC Live. When we come back tonight, I'll tell you what assignment these two ATP stars have accepted and why. John McEnroe probably isn't happy about it. Not more when TC Live returns. Back on TC Live, and we are just four weeks away from returning to Tennis Paradise, the biggest stars in the game. Back at Indian Wells next month, and Tennis Channel will be there for exclusive first ball to last coverage every day of the tournament. The BNP Paribas Open from Indian Wells begins Wednesday, March 6th, part of Swing Into Spring. Back to the highlights we go, and back to the men in Marseille. Hubie Hercotch, top seed there, taking on Alexander Shevchenko, who's playing his first tournament under the Kazakh flag. Flag? Flag? So he, well, he, he got, he got flogged. flogged. He did yeah, that nicely exactly. in a very German accent. Achtung, <laughs> baby. I thought we were playing in France. Anyway, this was, um, this was a bit dull from her catch. I love his matches. They usually go like one way, then the other. I mean, you, it's like driving around in a city you've never been to before watching one of his matches. But it's been a great start to the season for her catch. Almost won the United Cup, had match points against another German, Zverev, who we're talking about recently. Quarters of the Australian and back as defending champion here in Marseille. Saved a match point on his way to the title here, which is something he does regularly when he picks up championships because he did it in Shanghai as well. And he just had too much game. He looks very, very happy with the conditions there. 65 minutes for this one. 13 aces for Hubie. Lost just five points on his first serve. Thumbs up as Hubie moves on. Meanwhile, the indoor hardcourt dominance of Felix Oje Aliassime has come to a halt, Jimmy, as he ran into Zhang Zhizhen. Yeah, this was surprising because of just how great Oje Aliassime was looking in the first couple of rounds of this event. But Zhang also can have some success indoors. He's got a flashy game and coming into his own now at 50 in the world or so and starting to play his best tennis. He doesn't have a whole lot of points to defend, so look after John. He might make a sneaky little move into the top 30 in the world, especially after the way he straight set it. Felix Ojeale seemed indoors. Is it too strong to say that he got flogged? I mean, 6-4, 6-4. It's pretty routine. It's, it's close to a flogging. Uh, sixth quarter final for Jean. Felix got a lot of points to defend coming up over the next month. So here's the final eight in Provence. Hercotch is the top seed. Dimitrov is there, too. In fact, the top five seeds are all still alive. Patch, is, who's in there that's going to keep us from a Hercotch-Dimitrov final? Uh, Hashinov thought he was awesome. Yeah, love, I think he loves the conditions. Slow, can take him a nice big swing. Yeah, I'm going to go with Hashinov. It's going to uh, it's going to be that person. Anybody for you, Jimmy? I was going to say Hashinov as well. He's right. the obvious one because he's the third. I love seed. it when but Jimmy look, agrees with me. It's okay. rare. But I'm going to have to go somewhere else because I don't want to agree with him. So let's <laughs> go with Hugo Humbert suddenly playing tremendous and with a French crowd. <laughs> Jimmy can read. <laughs> Here's some tennis headlines from this Thursday in Lausanne, Switzerland. Today marked day two of Simona Halep's Cass hearing to appeal her four-year doping ban. She is not expected to speak until the whole thing is over. WTA event in San Diego coming up is going to feature Jesse Pagula as the top seed. New coach will presumably be in place for that. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Casper uh, Ruud, by the way, leads the field at this weekend's UTS team event in Oslo. So a home game for the Norwegian star. Okay, okay, let's do some social net for this Thursday. 
American Jen Brady, what a brutal three years it has been for her since making the Australian Open final and another surgery for her yesterday on the knee. She's not going to play this year either. Can we all just get together, Jimmy, and wish her some good health? I mean, of course, that is such a sad story because she was on the rise when all of this started and her career had really just begun three years now. It's not easy to come back from this. Hopefully this will be the last time she has the surgery and she can start playing again at the level that we know she's capable of. Yeah, let's hope she doesn't enjoy being the undergraduate coach at UCLA too much as well because we want to see Jen back on the court. No such thing as karma when somebody as nice as this gets this run of bad luck either. It's just it's hard to believe. And, and emphasize undergraduate coach because yep. she still has eligibility left. If she were healthy, she could probably go back and play. Um, <laughs> some commitments to announce for Labor Cup Team Europe. Daniil Medvedev and Sasha Zverev join Carlos Alcaraz for captain Bjorn Borg when they play in Berlin coming up this fall patch. It's a strong team and it had to be, didn't it? Let's be honest, they went into Vancouver. They were very much underpowered. Uh, a lot of players not there. Obviously a lot easier for Bjorn to grab players in Europe after the US Open, everyone heading back that way. So it obviously was always going to get a little bit stronger. Alcaraz needs to headline that act, but that's a, that's a good-looking Team Europe uh, lineup. Europe's awfully rough in, in the Labor Cup, and that's going to be the case, obviously, again. I will say kind of a curious choice to pick Zverev back to this team, given the allegations that face him that allegedly took place at a Labor Cup location several years ago. Uh, one sad note to pass along this evening, and that is that... Uh, legendary American coach Andy Brandy has passed away. Brandy spent 17 seasons as the women's coach at the University of Florida, leading the Lady Gators to three national championships. He was most recently at LSU. Jimmy, he was also the executive director at the Bulletary Academy, where you got to spend time. He was. When I was just a wee lad, he was running things, and uh, classy guy, great coach, great person, and, you know, went on from the academy life to college tennis and affected young people's lives for his whole life. So sad, sad day. Our condolences to the Brandy family. Andy Brandy was 72. Yes. All right, get ready for another full day of center court action from around the globe. 20 hours coming your way once again. We start 4 a.m. Eastern with the women in Abu Dhabi and Cluj, then on to France and Argentina. They've got matches to make up at Cordoba and Dallas is the nightcap. The tennis never stops. Another hot shot, Petch, you were so good with it yesterday. Take it again. It's Lehechka and Rinderknecht. Yeah, and it was a beauty, wasn't it? I was th thinking when I was watching this that it was going to be Lehechka that was going to come up with it, but it was Rinderknecht. Digs this one out, goes back. It's tweener time. No, it's not. It's the sidewinder. He absolutely nails it. And it's not just a hot shot because it was absolutely awesome. It was also, when you look at the scoreboard, just when it happened, he was down in the score in the second set breaker. Lehechka's got good court position. See ya disappointment for the Czech man. More proof that the tweener is for show and the runaround forehand is for dough. Young players remember, they'd rather win than make the highlights, although we keep showing highlights of people <laughs> doing crazy things. Here's the center court schedule with key matches tomorrow. Rinder Kinesh right back at it against the two-seed Dimitrov, then Rabakina and Jabur in Abu Dhabi, and then a string of Americans rounding out the action in Dallas. Let's dig into a couple of these, and we'll start in Marseille with that Dimitrov uh, Rinder Kinesh match. The French has never beaten a top 10 player. In fact, he's only beaten two 
top 20 players, this would seem like a big ask. Well, he's got, yeah, he's so erratic. He's so up and down. He's sort of got went through the sophomore sort of syndrome and struggled a little bit. But I like his game. I do think that there's certain things in his game that he could do a little bit more. He, he serves so tight to the center line on the ad side. I'm not sure that that totally helps him. Up against the single-hander in Dimitrov that's going to keep the ball low. They met on grass once before Dimitrov got the better of Rindikanesh. But I just think he might push Dimitrov tomorrow. He's got the kind of the, the, the fans on his side, and he's dangerous. He's, he, he's, he's completely dangerous. Yeah, he needs the fans on yeah. his side. He needs to get a little bit of momentum, but he's playing against a guy that's 8-1 and one this year, a guy that's already won a title. He hadn't won a title in a decade. And all of a sudden, Dimitrov is playing amazing tennis. i got to believe Dimitrov. I'm building a case, so you got to watch I know, that match. But I'm going to keep it going for Dimitrov. <laughs> now, that match they played was at Queens last year. It was 3-5 and five for Dimitrov. Let's touch on the Jabir Haddad Maya match in Abu Dhabi. As we mentioned earlier in the show, that was the Roland Garros quarterfinal last year where Jabir led by a set and 5-all and 15-40 to go up a break and ended up losing. Jimmy, when you then play that player the next time, are the ghosts still in the machine? They can be, and that's certainly for Haddad Maya. She knows that no matter what the score is, I'm going to keep fighting because I have a chance. Having said that, the crowd will now be tr tr truly with Jabir. So that's going to make it a little more difficult to make a comeback. And the other thing is Haddad Maya has had a lot of practice on the court. She played a three-hour and 45-minute match uh -huh. already. So she's, her timing should be pretty good. Jabir leads the head-to-head 2-1, notwithstanding what happened in Paris last year. And the match we look at in Dallas tomorrow is Big Foe against fellow American Marcos Giron. Giron has beaten Foe and has beaten him on an indoor hardcourt at Paris-Bercy. What does he have to do to beat him here tomorrow? He's going to have to serve well, Brett. He's going to have to serve well because I think on the second serve, on the evidence that Jimmy and I saw tonight, that, you know, Tiafo's going to come in. He had a beautiful, that beautiful two-hander coming in, and he's going to take time away from Marcus in that regard. I thought Francis looked very determined. It looks as though he's got a point to prove right now, uh, Francis. So he's going to have to be careful, but... I thought Giron was very good in his, in his matches that I've seen him play. He looked as though he was timing the ball as well as I've seen him for a while. And he is very solid, Giron. Yep. Tiafo, it's still in his hands who wins this match. He just has a little more firepower. If he's playing well, if the bobblehead is bobbleheading. I was just going to suggest yeah. that perhaps Francis will need to have his head on a swivel <laughs> to get another win and avoid going home for his own bobblehead night. Uh, that's going to do it for this edition of TC Live. For Jimmy and Petch, I'm Brett. You guys want to call another match because we can run that tape in reverse. They're making the sprint yeah. backwards from the studio <laughs> yeah. to the booth. And, and now I'm leading. Which match do you want us to call? <laughs> I don't know. We'll find one. See you tomorrow, guys. <laughs>